We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Going to be joined by Andrew Spade in just a moment. I want to remind everybody for the weekend plans here. We have today's podcast with Andrew, and then we will have a separate podcast tomorrow uh, behind enemy lines that will release as well if you're interested in some deep dive stuff on the Jaguars. Specifically, spend some time with the guys at Down by the Bank, so that'll be out tomorrow. For today, pumped to get with Andrew, and we're going to go through what we know so far of injury stuff on this all-important Friday uh, timeline it looks like Andrew the big pieces here Trevor Lawrence is going to be more of a game day decision I think they have to see how he you know comes out and practices on Friday obviously that's important I'm sure you saw the clips that I shared yesterday from him throwing it doesn't look like I mean he's like flat footing the foot right like if you watch it if you have you ever sprained an ankle like have you have you ever dealt with like a, a, a like is a sports yeah. related sprained ankle not well no not when I was playing sports but yeah, well, I, I mean, like, like around the house, <laughs> totally. That just happens when you try to get out of bed sometimes these right. days. But like, if you can't, like, the thing I noticed about ankle injuries back then was like the the ability to explode off of the ball of your foot is not something you can do. So if you watched yesterday's clips, you would see that like as he's dropping, the whole foot is like the flat foot is impacting the ground. So that to me is like a big indicator of a, a fear of putting the weight on the front part of the foot. And it's important for this situation that it is his right foot because that's the plant foot. That's where all of your weight shifts to before the load up to throw and shift the weight forward uh, to push through. So I, I asked the guys on the later part of this episode, this question, their answer sort of surprised me. I know that you and I had talked to Andrew about it would have been better for the Jags to beat the Bengals because then they would have felt less pressure. But I, I mean, I don't care. I think a beat up Trevor Lawrence fearing for the health of his foot is not going to be the guy that we're accustomed to seeing, especially because he's third in the NFL in scramble percentage. And they do get it out quick, but when they do, if it ain't, it is not quick, he extends plays in a unique way. So even if you do see Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be a very hobbled, different version of the guy you may have been watching this year at various points. But I cannot imagine putting him out there in Cleveland in a wet field the way it's going to be, man. I just really couldn't. Imagine. I know that their race is getting tighter, and the and the Texans and Colts are hovering a game below them, but boy, I, I 
If I if this was like your franchise quarterback and he's still young, like I wouldn't want to damage an ankle in this way. I'd give it another week, man. What do you think? Yeah, give it a week. Get him healthy for the. Uh, they've got a home game against the Ravens next week that is you know are even more important from a seating playoff seating perspective. But yeah, I think the weather piece of it, the the front that the Browns bring to the table, all of those reasons, you know, I think they should wait, but I also don't think that they will. I mean, if I'm trying to predict the future, I think he tries to play Sunday and we'll see how it goes. But I, he's just, that's the way he's wired. He's one of those guys that is going to be out there if he can help. So I think he'll be out there and then we'll see kind of how the game unfolds. It'll just be a question of how he can do snap to snap. But I, I expect to see him. I re- I've said that all week that, you know, he's one of those guys unless it's unless something's broken or really torn he's playing yeah, he played through that knee issue early in the year when he had the uh brace on it and i think he's still been wearing that brace if i recall i don't i don't watch the jag super close uh, even though they're a more competent franchise than they've been in a long time it still feels like the nfl doesn't put them in the marquee very often so uh i haven't seen them a ton but he's been wearing that knee brace he was last week and i've seen him in practice still wearing it but I mean, I don't know. Just the an ankle is different. I, I, not that I'll be surprised, but, but the the way, like, again, if this was like a home game with nice weather in Jacksonville, I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. But going to Cleveland for a nastier weather game on a on a on a grass field, I, I just think it'd be kind of crazy considering that they can still accomplish all the things they want to accomplish. But, but yeah, if he's out there, it is like I want to remind everybody that the, the version of Trevor Lawrence is not going to be there. Like, like he's not going to be moving as well as he traditionally does. And even he's going to have to do more with arm throws than any, than he's ever done before too, because you just, you can't transfer as well as you would like to transfer. So would I be stunned? No, because he does seem a little bit like a cyborg. He's a huge guy and, and uh, seems to recover well from injuries. But I think that the way Peterson framed it of not wanting to get him hurt more than he already is, or not want to risk that, was a little bit of a framing of the way they're going to go about doing it, but we'll see. I mean, it definitely a drop off with CJ Beathard, who's been limited. I wonder how much he's taking the reps and all that stuff too, but they're also dealing with offensive line injuries. This is the first time Andrew, I can recall seeing a um, injury list in a while here that has looked anywhere near as long as the Browns. Their list has quite a few guys too. They're going to be missing Walker little. It seems like their left tackle. They might end up playing, Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, who's more of an interior guy for them. They might end up playing Blake Hance, which is a name we all very well remember. So you mix in the ankle injury, the propensity to scramble being gone, and you know a sort of left tackle conundrum here that they're facing in the way that they are. And I, Andrew, it feels like the vibes uh, are there for the Browns to a team that's better at home on defense get on the right path here with Denzel's back I guess I'm saying should we feel pretty optimistic about the defense right now how they how they're able to handle the Jags maybe in a way that we weren't feeling with Trevor healthy and all that stuff yeah it's hard to predict as far as the op feeling optimistic I'll say it this way they need to be better this there's not a lot of room to screw around here from the Browns perspective they need to be affecting the quarterback whether it's a hobbled Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Beathard. They need to be getting pressure. It's a backup left tackle, most likely. Shuffling the offensive line, home game. These are all ingredients for the defensive line to get a bunch of pressures, a bunch of quarterback hits, make the day miserable for the quarterback, whoever it is. And then hopefully the secondary can kind of step it up and lock guys down, make some turnovers. The Jags have talented offensive players. So 
the the key here is if the skill position talent is really good, which I think it is, then you know obviously they they lose Christian Kirk, so that helps a little bit, but still Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne. Parker Washington played better last week. I mean, I I can't say played better. He finally played, and he looked more than competent, right? So So the weak spot is the offensive line. So the way you affect this team is through attacking the offensive line, getting consistent pressure, disrupting the timing of the passing game, creating some negative plays in the run game, put them in third and longs, and then tee off. That's what they got to do. They need to. They absolutely need to because I think we we – still should be pretty uncertain about what we get from the offense. I know we'll talk about that in a second. We should yeah. still be quite uncertain about that. So the defense needs to be so much better than they've been the last two weeks. The biggest part of the formula that we've talked about all year is that the defense has been what they've leaned on. And if you can't lean on that, if if, if, if Etienne is able to, you know, create run, you know, run conflict issues for them and they're giving up 85, 100 yards to him, it's hard for them to overcome that situation. So, the hope here is that it feels like most of the home games have felt right, man, where it's a defense that's keeping the opposition off the field for a significant portion of time, keeping them under 17 points and you just doing enough to win offensively. I think we should all be prepared for Joe Flacco to look worse than he looked last week. I, I think that I, I feel pretty comfortable that that's going to happen. But again, what you're hoping for is that they're able to overcome that and play off of the defense to get themselves a chance to win. But Maybe the return of Denzel gives them a lift of confidence that they haven't had for a couple weeks. You know, that's all it's, you know, losing your cornerback one or whatever you want to call that, like, you know, your best defensive back does have an impact on how well you feel about the opera, you know, the, uh, the ability to get the job done. So we can't really underestimate that would be, would be a way for, for that to be framed. So let's uh, let's hope that they're able to, to get back on the right track. It's a home game. And again, I just want to say the optics of them getting back on track are very favorable. I know yeah. the Jags are talented, but down Kirk in a hobbled Lawrence is a significant difference than what the Jags have been putting on the field this year offensively, which has been a good group. But Andrew, I will say Doug Peterson, a pretty good schemer. He's been around. He's done it. He knows Jim Schwartz. Well, <laughs> obviously, you know, he's a defensive coordinator there for some pretty important games they played in Philadelphia. So, so Schwartz has to show that he can navigate a guy who knows him well or has at least been around the NFL for a while to know the things he likes to do. And that is something that is a bit worrisome, too. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I think they have to be leaning on the defense here. The point you made about Flacco is so important. Naturally, you would assume second game back, he's going to feel more confident in the offense. It's going to be a little more rhythm, familiarity with the wide receivers. But I think that is probably going to be offset by getting a lot more pressure. I think the Browns will likely struggle to run the ball. If if trends hold, the the front for Jacksonville is pretty solid, very physical. And I, you know, the Browns have gotten dominated up front often. So I I I hope that they don't, but I think we have to be prepared for some real run game struggles, which then puts pressure on Flacco, potentially some some third and long conversion opportunities. And I, he mentioned in his press conference yesterday that he felt very comfortable coming back against the Rams, that he didn't really get touched. They did a great job protecting last week. Yep. If that changes and it's cold and rainy and he's getting the shit kicked out of him, how does 
how does it feel to be 38 years old playing football then? And how does that affect his ability to stand in and deliver? I think that's a big question. Now, the Browns can neutralize some of that stuff, and and hopefully they have a really good plan for this pass rush, the same way that they did for Aaron Donald and the Rams. But there's more talent across the Jaguars' defensive line than there is in Los Angeles. So the chances that somebody's going to find a favorable matchup, whether it's against Garan Christian or they like their matchup against one of the interior guys, I, I expect Flacco to experience more pressure. How he handles that is a big question. And then how the Browns, as an offense, can minimize that pressure and find other ways to move the ball is a big question. But to go back to the point about the defense getting Ward back, hopefully Garrett feels a little more healthy. This is I'm like, this is a very aggressive target, but I think they need to hold the Jaguars to 14 points or less. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially when you look at how they've accomplished some of the things they've accomplished in wins. That realm of like 17, 14, the maximum end is 17 to me. Like the Browns can get to 20 probably like in a, in a, it's, I can't say probably that's not the right, right. word to use, but they, they could very well get to 20, right? Very well get to 20 and just do enough. I mean, a PJ Walker led offense got 19 up on the board against the 49ers. It can be done. Absolutely. They yeah. can do it, but they need as many opportunities to do it, which is what we talk about where they keep the other team off the field and they create them for themselves a couple additional drives. You're right. The Rams, this is something I talk about with the guys on the, on the later part of this episode. The Rams are one of the heaviest zone coverage using teams quarters cover three cover six they do different things but they're a zone team so are the jags going to switch up the zone man looks are they going to switch that predictability up on flacco a little bit right i think that's something to pay attention to and they only blitzed five times last week i would very much expect not only there to be more organic pressure off the edges which is what the jacksonville d-line is better at as opposed to the rams but i also think they're going to uptick the bodies that they send at flacco to make him speed up those decisions because the worst decisions we saw from Joe are when the internal clock is sped up in the pocket. That's when he made the downfield interception throw. That's when he made the near interception throw to John Johnson. When you can make him feel uneasy in the pocket, because no 38 year old wants to get hit by some 25 year old 300 pounder. Like if you can make Joe speed up the thought process, that's where the, the, the uh, he's, he's not opposed to ripping the football over the middle of the field for what he, you know, perceives as the answer instead of getting hit that's what i have noticed from his film is that he has no issue in 2022 at times of ripping those throws because he knows that he's either going to get hit or something along those lines or just the general thought of a blitz has made his mind speed up a little bit so uh yeah again i would temper your expectations for joe flacco running a smooth sailing offense the way it felt last week at times but you have to ramp up your expectations of how the defense is going to play. I do want to uh, mention a couple things. Uh, Doug Peterson spoke. He wasn't definitive on Tyson Campbell with a quad injury. So that's a big part of the, the coverage unit for the Jags. That's worth monitoring. And we did see today, as far as we know, uh, Amari Cooper out on the practice field in a limited capacity. I don't think he plays Andrew because of the past of these concussions and guys coming back a week later feels like is pretty rare but it's it's at least worth monitoring if that so it feels like that will be more of a game time decision and obviously as you referenced earlier I don't think we're going to get some news that Trevor Lawrence is in or out today it'll be no. right up to kickoff or yeah. we'll hear from an insider on Sunday morning whether he's going to give it a go or not yeah I think that's right another thing to mention with a uh, the weather is questionable it sounds it was you know looking really nasty the winds have backed off a little bit I think there will still be rain but I don't think it's going to be like a downpour a hurricane situation it's going to be just just a rainy december day switch over to snow later at, at, at night you know 
cold, not pleasant. Jacksonville won't like that part of it. The cold is going to be the thing. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be damp and chilly. So that, that I think, does favor the Browns because they're at least used to it. And then as part of that, I think the special teams really come to the forefront. We're talking about two offenses that are probably going to be limited. So kicking is going to be a big part of this, both punting, field position, game, and then also who can make their field goals in a tough win environment. We know that. So both veteran kickers, Dustin Hopkins, obviously for the Browns, Brandon McManus for the Chargers, uh, the Jaguars rather. So it puts a lot of pressure on those units to execute because you mentioned when they beat the 49ers 19 to 17, that was Hopkins just again and again and again. But that was early October. This is December by the lake. It's a different environment. So that'll be something else to watch. Also the punting, you know, a punter who lives in Jacksonville, practices in Jacksonville, it's harder to get a drop and spin on the ball the same way in the weather. And then obviously you got to catch your punts, something that Prochet has been better about since that uh, real bad muff against the Ravens. But hey, man, run up there and fair catch it instead of letting it hit at the 20. And yeah, that'd be cool. One. That'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. Before we shift over to picking lines, I mean, we got to react. Not that we prey on the downfall of division rivals, Andrew, but the Steelers have pulled off something very unique here. The run of which they went, uh, I, I think that their record was six and, was it six and three? Six and, I don't know where they were at before this, but they got a run of Deshaun Watson uh, getting hurt the Cleveland Browns the next week, the following week after the Joe Burrow injury, getting a, a um, Bengals team with Jake Browning. Then you get the two and 10 Cardinals. And then you get the, or the, maybe they were two and nine, two straight two win teams. This in your this building. Season, in your building. And they go one and three in that stretch. Hilarious. I guess. Hilarious. Yeah, like last night was kind of weird watching that game because they jumped out and you thought that the Patriots are going to win by 24 points and the Steelers reminded you that primetime uh, Heinz Field or Acrisure Stadium or whatever the hell it is these days, <laughs> that they're just like this uh, this regenerative lizard who just the head keeps growing back after it gets chopped off. You, you like, how are these guys going to actually win this game until the very last second it goes to zero? But they're in a, they're in a situation. I know that we have talked about this for like three years on this pod where I think the Steelers are done and they're not done. And I'm not saying that they're done, but it feels closer than it ever has felt because there is real genuine pressure from the Tomlin side uh, in the Steelers fan base. And if you look at their remaining schedule, show me the wins. I'm not, you know, down, not that Kenny Pickett is the answer for them for a lot of their woes this year, but Mitch Trubisky is, it's rough. It's hard to watch, man. There's clearly just a a level of fall off there. And then the, the fans are clamoring for Mason Rudolph. Like, it's a bad spot, and I don't know that they're going to win many more ball games, man. They're, they're, they yeah. look like they're headed for the first under 500 season of Tomlin's uh, his era here, and I think that there's going to be real pressure to make a change there. I don't know if they will, yeah. but the pressure's real. Yeah, three of the last four on the road, a Colts team that needs the win to stay in the playoff hunt. Going out to Seattle, which is we know how tough that can be, and then at the end of the season at Baltimore, it's unlikely that the Ravens won't need that game. Yeah. So right there, those if even if they win their home game against Cincinnati, that still gets them to nine losses, which is an eight and nine record. So um I continue to be hesitant to wanna totally bury them just because of what we saw last night, even though it didn't end up succeeding. Mm-hmm. There was a the I don't know if you watched all the way to the end of that game. There was a mm-hmm. moment when they they had the third and long 
when they had the ball, they went or no, it's fourth down. They went for it on fourth down around two minutes. Yep. And Trubisky throws like a prayer down the left sideline. And there's a little bit of contact, not nearly enough for a flag. The pass is nowhere near the intended receiver. And the fans are angry, but they don't even really know what they're angry about. What they're angry about is that it didn't work out for them for once. Exactly. Because their right. their their mindset is he heaves it up there. Well, something's going to happen. Either the Something flag comes goes. out yeah. Yeah. or he catches it or whatever. But this always works out for us. So the, the sound that the crowd made was, wait, that's it? Yeah, we, we, we're, we don't we're get losing. to play anymore? Yeah, we're losing? Right. Yeah, you're, you're so right about that. And it was funny, too, because that reaction kind of built off of the punter, the punt snap situation reaction, which if you exactly. watch it again, he moves the football right. in a very obvious way, but everyone thinks it's just the head movement when it wasn't that. Yeah, it is. And it was the same for me because I'm sure you felt that way. Like that heave happens and a little bit totally. of contact they're going to call it and they don't. And it's like, wow. Like my response, like, wow. Like that's they're living the life that everyone else lives right. in the NFL. Yeah. I, I'm not as far as fans reaction from the Pittsburgh side. It's not, uh, it's not unusual for them to call for a coaching change. I just, I don't believe that'll happen until it does from the actual, leadership of the Steelers side where I agree. I just think that they're very patient with this stuff and it can, uh, you know, I, do I think they're right to be calling for a move? Listen, it's a proud franchise. They've won a lot of Super Bowls. They haven't won anything in the last decade. They haven't won a playoff game since 17, but they're, they're hankering for that. And there's clearly been a letdown in the quality yeah. of the organization, despite not having the losing records. I get that. That's great. It's neat, but th there's, you know, there's, there's a level here that they're not reaching yeah. That as a fan, I would, it's like an, uh, you know, I don't like to use the example, but the, the two kind of run side, it's like an Ohio state supporter where, yeah, maybe they lose a couple games and it's like that from the outside looking in, that's not a big deal, but the expectations are different. And I, I, you know, it's hard to inform people that the Browns and Steelers expectations from the results of the franchise the last 30, 40 years are a little bit different. So the pressure, I understand. I don't think the fans are like morons for calling for Tomlin, but I'll tell you, Tomlin will get hired somewhere again. He's no doubt about that. He'll get a chance somewhere else if they do decide to move on. But yeah. I don't, you know, having gone through the AFC contender stuff we did the other day and kind of looked at the would you rather aspect of it, like the Steelers are in a weird spot unless they have a miracle solution that works out for them at quarterback, which you borderline expect, but that's not happening right now. You know what I mean? Like Trubisky is clearly not it. Um, and obviously Pickett, uh, is is the drafted savior is clearly not it so then it's like you're just gonna have to get some fortunate bounce in the draft right but again they're picking in the teens and 20s possibly here so it's tricky to see a solution for them and i don't really envy where they're at yeah i think that the one thing that you wonder is if they keep tomlin but kind of force his hand a little bit with the coordinator decision because i think he has had pretty i mean Notably, when he fired Canada, he said he did it without consulting with anybody. Whether that's true or not, that's what he said. I, I wonder how much the front office wants a say in who runs the offense going forward. Because if you can fix that, you feel pretty good about the defensive side of the ball and his leadership of the team. So if they get a bunch of guys in a room for this these interviews and he wants to hire... I don't know, his running backs coach or whatever the hell, right? And the front office, you know, they they 
get Ken Dorsey in the in the building and Dorsey's interested and wants to be the play calling OC and rebuild and have a chance to maybe have a head coaching job down the line and it comes to you know they come to grips on that then that's where you wonder if they would force his hand a little bit saying like Mike we want you here but you give give us something we can't we can't have another untalented OC in the building we need a proven guy and it's kind of like when the Ravens moved on from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin. We were skeptical about that, but I think we also knew and agreed that it was an upgrade from a schemey, you know, uh, skim- bells and whistles offense to a more traditional passing offense, which long-term, if Lamar grows into that, which he's showing, shine- showing signs of doing, pardon me, that that would represent a greater threat. The pack- If the Steelers did that, it would be this, a similar thing where you would be disappointed because it feels like they're moving towards being a more well-rounded team. I just can't fathom how they can't figure that out, especially an organization, a proud organization right. to not find an, an, an offensive mind, a younger guy who's been around it, done it, seen it. And, and like, yeah, I don't, I don't look forward to them figuring that out. Let's just hope that there's some demise to the surroundings around it to, to make it work out that way. But yeah, I mean, Tomlin's a guy you can't believe it's fired until he's fired. Right. You just, it just would be uh, it would be a jarring sort of outcome. We did see a little bit more video today. I was just kind of watching it. I don't know if you were there here on on Lawrence with the foot. Um, I still think he's moving like fifty percent. I don't, I don't see him really ripping it. Like I don't really. And again, it's Friday. He's got a couple days to. It, it's going to be a true game time decision. He looks decent here, uh, what I'm seeing. But I, I, again, like kind of fifty percenting it is so much different than putting the real pressure on the ankle. It's like you said the other day, I think it was a couple of days ago. Let's see what kind of uh borderline legal meds we have going into yeah. that uh, decision. So, yeah. Well, and, and the, the, the key to this is that he can't make it worse. So if he can't make it worse and they can shoot him full of pain meds, that's how he plays. And you'll see how effective he can be. But again, if it was a, a knee sprain where there's a chance that the joint becomes more involved and you end up tearing a ligament, that's different than this, where the doctors feel confident it can't get worse. So from a resp- like a responsibility standpoint, they're not risking much other than him being limited, but they're not risking further injury. So he's only going to improve from here. That's why I think he plays, because I think even if they get a limited Trevor Lawrence, they still feel a lot better about that than C.J. Beathard. Yeah, how the Browns navigate. Like, I wonder if there's a game plan for uh, if they're going to go blitz heavy or if they're going to what they're going to do because that's what they should do. The biggest thing is taking away his ability to throw right away. And sometimes we think that comes with blitzing when that's not always the case, right? You know, the th- if you can get him to hold on to the football just a beat or two longer, that's the thing that they needed against the Rams and couldn't get. And that's uh, right. the difference. And this is because, you know, Russell Wilson, and I even think Schwartz talked about this. Russell Wilson did a great job of like creating and extending. And I don't think you're going to get any of that from Lawrence. So, um, you know, you might think it's the worst possible outcome that Trevor Lawrence plays in this game, but dealing with an ankle injury in a live NFL game in a collapsing pocket. The, the, I mean, listen, Trevor could get it done. He's a good quarterback, but, but this is just, it's, it's dicey. It's not a situation well, the Jags want to be in by any stretch here. And he loves to play that sort of hero ball where he tries to make plays even if they're not there because he believes in his arm talent every time. So you'll see him force things often. So yeah. whether it's blitzing or disguising, either way, to uh, to clear up the quick reads and make him process without being able to extend, then I think the Browns can get into like turnover heaven. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket out for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, we're going to switch over and do picks real quick. We actually don't have very many because we're, we're not doing the college side. There's only one game. We get Army and Navy um so i don't know man who are you into army and navy i think navy's getting three points yeah give me army five five and six army at five and six 
Navy. You have a happy Bill Belichick doing the guest picking on college game day because they got to win. So, um, you know, you're taking Army. I'll just take Navy. I have to make up a game. I'm 41, 35, and 1 on the college side. You're 42, 34, and 1. So this is my path to making up a making up a point. So I'll take Navy in the three points. There we go. Right on. We did college. Proud of us. NFL side. Boy, it's tight as ever there, too. 60, 58, and 3 for me. You are 58, 59, and 3, and you have a Moneyline underdog pick to use because mine last week from the taking the Texans uh, as the underdog uh, got me an extra game. So you're up. I don't get to pick one of those this week. And uh, we'll kick off NFL. We have bucks at Falcons, the Falcons at home laying two and a half points. Uh, go ahead. What do you think? I'm laying the points with the Falcons. Yeah, I don't, uh, it's tough. It is. I'll take the bucks. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't even have a great reason, Andrew. I'm just going to take the bucks. I think you guys have been here long enough to know. Sometimes we don't even have reasons. We're just like picking off our belly. All right. Lions at bears. The Bears are only getting three points in this one, but they have been playing better football of late, so that's kind of a credit to them uh, coming off. like the, Last week's was a, re- a really close game for the Lions. Lions jumped out early, and the Saints kind of fought back into that one. It was ironic. It was a four-and-a-half line. The Lions won 33-28. You won that game, bastard. All right, so who you taking, Bears or Lions? I think the Lions, again, here, they just have the formula to beat up on lesser teams, and I think this is an opportunity for them to do that. They are in the the race for playoff seeding, all those sorts of things. So these games matter to them. All right, right on. Be watching that one a little bit with the Bears coming up next week. So yep. uh, be focusing on it. But I also think the Lions win by some sort of weird number, four, five, six, or uh, you know, a touchdown. Uh, Colts at Bengals. Bengals are laying two. The Jake Browning experience is giving people a bunch of hope. The Colts are fighting for something. I mean, they're both fighting for the playoffs. The Bengals are six and six, but they win. They can get right back into the hunt here at seven and six, especially knocking the Colts down, getting a head to head win. It's just a matter of, do you trust Cincinnati and Jake Browning to repeat the performance of last week? Essentially. What do you think? It's hard to know. I, it's very hard to predict these things. I will say that I think this game also has a a weather component because it's the same frontal system. that's impacting really every, everybody in the Midwest on Sunday. So you take that into consideration. The Colts, or an indoor team. I don't I, I I don't know how to feel about Jake Browning, but I do think he's going to be more equipped for the conditions, so I will lay the two points with the Bengals. A lot of rain in Washington, right? That's it. That's the thought. There we go. Uh I also will take the Bengals as well. I just I just don't I don't know. Something about the Colts. They shouldn't be this good. Shane Steichen getting it done. Uh maybe I'll end up regretting that. But I but I like look at them like Gardner Minshew, a defense that's got important pieces suspended or they've cut, you know, yep. Jack Leonard, like how are they any good? And they, well, they, keep, they struggle to beat the Titans. The Bengals are a different team than the Titans, different keep, class. Keep competing. Hey, Bengals throw, throw face to Jamar chase. That's fine by me. All right. Jags at Browns, Browns lane three. Give me your prediction. I'm taking the points here. Not that I necessarily think the Browns are going to lose, but that I think three points in a weather game will come in handy. I could very easily see this game being decided by a point or two. So, um yeah i want to i probably want those points just to be just to be sure of of where things sit hey i wanted to mention uh and i didn't get this out earlier uh the browns jaguars game is currently the cheapest get-in price of any game this weekend very cheap like nine bucks eight eight bucks is what i'm seeing currently eight bucks and that's lower than carolina new orleans houston at the jets there's some real stinkers You've got the Vikings going to the Raiders, and that ticket, the cheapest you can get into that stadium is $200. Yeah, 
I guess a bunch of Minnesota folks are trying to get out of the weather maybe, but, uh, man, oh man, I don't understand this, Jake. The, the Jags are eight and four. The Browns are seven and five. This is, should be treated as a marquee game for TV's treating it that way. It's right. Like it's, it's like 70% of the country's getting that game. Right. It's a big game. And I don't understand what, I mean, the weather's, it's going to rain. Y'all don't have raincoats. What's going on, man? I it's, this is frustrating to me. I, I will say, I think that we've seen it from our site data over the last week. It feels like the, like people have been expecting this team to slide backward and the seven and three felt phony to people and they lost two in a row. And like the enthusiasm has gone down. I think I understand that mixed with, I think you would agree with me. I'm not trying to bash the team we're covering, but the experience in and out of that stadium, it's not fun. Like the oh, no, walk I hear you. you have to make, I you. like, no, the, yeah. I, 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 I'm just saying no, there I are hear you. other stadiums that are more fun to go to. And I, I understand both sides of this. This is a bigger discussion in the off season, but like there point. have been times where like I've been invited to these games and I just don't really want to go. Like it's $50 to park your car, just to park your freaking car at these stadiums, let alone the price to get in. Now you're talking about that's cheap, but that's upper deck. Like there's just, there's a lot of stuff where I didn't think we'd get there as a society, but we're there where the TVs are so good now and the clarity. And these are all things that have been said, but I'm not, I am surprised it's that low, but I think a mixture of losing two in a row, people losing faith. This is about the time where it's like December and Berea and people start to think like the season's over. I think there's some old, this is just where I'm at with like the ticket price. I'm not surprised by it. And then, I think and that's- then you, yeah, the weather and you know. I think that's a really good, great perspective, Jake. And I, I think it's a good reminder that there's a lot more that goes into this than just whether or not this is a good game. It can be a good game and also be something that people don't want to see in person if they're going to spend a ton of money to get rained on and potentially emotionally damaged. Right? Yeah. Let, let me let me take a different. So you're right, and I sh- I should tamper my my frustration. That's a great point that you make. I'll take a different angle. The Browns are seven and five. The Ravens are nine and three. If the Browns can win their three home games this week, Bears, Jets, right? That gets you to 10 wins. Now, can you find a win between going to Houston and going to Cincinnati to get to 11? I think you can, right? So, okay, stick with me. So, the, so now we've, we, we're, we're, if the Browns go four and one, they're 11 and six. The Ravens play the Rams at home. They go to Jacksonville and then to San Francisco back to back weeks. Then they've got the Dolphins and the Steelers at home. Can you find three losses of those? I think you can. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt, man. I think they be, let's put it this way: they beat the Jags this week. People like the. Let's look at the prices yeah. against the Bears. Totally, because I think it'll go back up. My point is just, I, I absolutely agree with you that that's where fans are psychologically. That's where I am psychologically to a certain point. It's worth remembering. It's not crazy that if the Browns can turn this around, the defense can get back to what it had been doing. They have three home games. Yeah. And and the, the Ravens have a rough run in. The and Lamar's sick. Is not... He's been dealing with the, right. this practice and yeah. all of that that stuff, man. So you're, you're absolutely right. All these other secondary factors that come into it. I think, if obviously, if the quarterback is healthy, it's a co- totally different conversation and the vibe is very different around the team. But... I still see a path to this team making the playoffs. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they make a run at the division. 
where those two games on on week 18 matter to the division who wins the division right and i think if you think about where they have been this year and where we were preseason that's all you ever wanted was for them to be playing these types of games so i understand the reasons why the price is low but it is also surprising because the the flip side of what you're saying is you can spend less than $100 to go see the Browns get to 8 and 5 and have a legit shot to make the playoffs and win the division for only the what second third time since they've been back. Yeah. This these these things are still relatively rare. So I understand it from your perspective. I'm not going to be there. I'm hundreds of miles away, but I do think maybe because of all the other stuff going on around the team people aren't understanding what a unique opportunity this is. Yeah, and, and I think we talked about it too, where they felt like they weren't even around during the LA week, where it's like yes. we didn't even hear from them all night. So I just uh I just think that there's a lot of things coming together at the perfect moment. The weather forecast that hit early in the week that made like when it was going to be worse projected. And then it's like the tickets are, are you know, we can't really sell them. I think there's a lot of stuff coming together here. I, I If this repeats itself, if they win and this repeats itself with the Bears game, I'll be pretty surprised. I mean, they need them. They need fans in the stadium and they need it to be loud there. Exactly. So I'm hoping these tickets for $9 sell and they fill that place up. up. But There you go. But, uh, I don't think it's um I, I guess when I heard this stuff, I'm not surprised yeah. by it. But I, I again I, I will be very interested to see if people are like smacked in the forehead and woke up to the things you just said about what opportunities they will have at eight and five. I mean, again, if they win this game, their playoff odds go to like eighty percent. Yeah. If they They're lose right it, it's the down home. in the forties and the thirties. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. gets really dicey. So and again, we've talked about this the last weekend and into the early part of this week. They, they can still get to the playoffs if they lose this game. It's, it's very easy to see the path. But I just think that this AFC game is the one that matters the most. And, the, and, and to remember, if the Jags lose this game and they have some tough ones coming up, the Ravens you just referenced, the Jags could be a team you're also competing with for the wild card because the Texans or the Colts could win that division. So this game is very, very important to win. So it's... uh. It's important to both teams, and I think that's why, I and again, if they had beat the Bengals, I truly don't think Jacksonville would even be like putting anything on Trevor to get out on the practice field. They would be punting this game, but they need it. They're feeling the pressure too, so wildly important. While we were talking, we do have some official statuses from the Browns heading into the weekend. Amari Cooper, Dewan Jones, Cam Mitchell, Denzel Ward, all questionable, and Stefanski did not give a firm answer on the starter. We know that it's going to be Flacco, without knowing but it is interesting he has not outwardly said joe flacco was starting the game this weekend so well there you go i made fun of him earlier in the year because whether it was going to be watson dtr walker they're all roughly the same type of quarterback yeah this is not that flacco dtr those are two different defensive game plans different things you need to be prepared for so there is actually a little bit of advantage this time to keeping it secret if they can shout out to kevin well gamesmanship so listen amari questionable just saying it's not yeah, it sounds like Dewan tweaked his knee, so that's a true questionable out of him out of nowhere, which is a concern considering the pass rush the Jaguars have. Very much is. Very much is. They need him badly. So uh, check in on uh, Sunday's game day pod if we have any updates. For now, those are your listings. We will uh, keep you in the loop as best we can. Saints, Panthers, Saints laying five at home. I'm going to take them. I, I I don't really see it with the Panthers. Even they didn't even get the usual bump you get from firing a head coach. They still lost. So I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the Saints by a touchdown. 
you took the words out of my mouth, Jake. I, I had them last week against the Buccaneers because it's like, all right, you fire your head coach and you find something. No, they didn't. Um, it Having said that, it is tough to lay five points with these two teams being basically the same kind of flavor of, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points with the Panthers. I think five is too many. Okay. Right on. I like when we pick differently. Yep. Better for the standings. Mm-hmm. All right, Jets, Texans. Jets are getting three and a half at home. I mean, we watched the Falcons win like 13 to five last week. So I guess are you calling for a change at quarterback? Who Are they starting Simeon this week? Who are they starting? Zach Wilson's back, I believe. <laughs> Reluctantly. Yeah. Uh, they tied yeah. him to a chair, had the arms uh-huh. behind the back and made him start. Yeah, I, I got to take the Texans. I, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Yeah, I'm laying the points with the Texans. All right. There we go. Ravens give uh, giving seven and a half, laying seven and a half at home against the Rams. I, I'm going to take the Rams to cover that number. I think the Ravens can win by a touchdown. But again, Lamar's sick. It kind of matters. And you know, they get the football out fast. The, the very unique style of offense that the Rams present. And, and Stafford is healthy and they are clicking. This is one of the first times that the Rams, and this is probably something, Andrew, that's not being talked about enough. The Broncos were playing really good football. The Rams are healthier than they have been all year. Like that offense with Puka and Cup out there at the same time, that's a tough offense to deal with. So yeah. I just, I feel like the Browns lost to the Cardinals and the Patriots. They lost to two teams in the opposing buildings where they're playing pretty good football. So I'm going to And in the, the playoff hunt, full motivation. Yeah. Veteran gonna, coaches, Sean McVay, Sean Payton. Yes, absolutely. I'll take the Rams to cover seven and a half. Yeah. Give me, give me that too. Yeah. I, okay. I, I think the Ravens win, but I don't think it's by more than a touchdown. All right. Can't wait for the Ravens to win by 33. Next, uh, Raiders, Raiders, Vikings. The Raiders are getting three at home against the Vikings. Josh Dobbs is starting once again. I don't have much. I feel like things got really weird with Dobbs, and I'm not sure I trust them to win by three on the road. So I'm going to take the Raiders in the points at home in this one. Yeah, this is. One of the games that I would consider for my money line, I my my way of thinking is the same as yours. The Raiders are playing better football and are not out of it. They are in the wild card race still. So uh, give me the Raiders, and uh, this is my money line pick. Good pick. Good pick. Seattle, 49ers, NFC West. The 49ers are laying 11. I'm going to take the Seahawks and the points because I still think the 49ers can win by 10. I don't mind that at all. It does feel like a little bit of a letdown coming off of the high that was the game in Philly and Seattle still fighting for their playoff life on that side. I don't trust them to to just absolutely beat the hell out of the Seahawks. Winning by 10 is a very comfortable margin, so I will take the Seahawks and the points. You'll think I'm crazy. I'm laying these points. Okay. I think the Seahawks are in a little bit of a free fall and it's not getting enough attention. And I think that this completes it. I think they get blown out here. Okay, right on. Bills, uh, Chiefs. We have the the Chiefs laying a point at home. I don't love the direction of either of these teams right now. The Chiefs are, you know, they're still Patrick Mahomes and you give them respect, but I just don't have a great feel for where either of them are. I think I'm going to take the Bills here, but I don't feel great about it. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm taking the Bills as well. I think Sean McDermott is really good off of his buy, which this was the Bills buy late late in the season, and they basically need to run the table or come close to make the playoffs. And 
I think the Chiefs are gettable right now. They would put the Chiefs at eight and five. So yeah, yeah, man. There's I'm get, it, get it's some really road playoff games for the Chiefs for the first time in a while. Maybe there, yeah, there is nobody that is uh, making a clear case to be the number one seed in the AFC. I, the no. the team right now that's getting all the love is the Dolphins, but that's just because they haven't played a good team in a while. As soon as they see a good team again, you know how that goes for them. So yep. it's there's not a clear cut number one seed in the AFC. And that's why I mentioned what I mentioned about where the Browns are, because listen, they, they don't have to be perfect. Again, here you go again. Well, they, I, all I'm saying is they don't have to be perfect to be in the middle of this thing. They just have to no. be better than what they were the last two weeks, especially on defense. And again, they're on the road against two teams on the rise too. So, and they were in those games. The scores don't show it at the end, but those were close games. All right. Chargers Broncos. We have the Chargers laying two and a half against the Broncos chargers coming in hot and heavy off of a six, nothing uh, win and extra innings against the Patriots the week before. Yeah. Herbert had what? Two doubles. I think a couple late RBI doubles from Justin Herbert. Really impressive. I don't know what the hell to think of this game and how the Broncos are are getting point. I have to take the Broncos. This is like, I I can't do that. I can't do it. Are you taking the chargers here? No. Why would I do that? Can't trust those guys. No, no, no. I, especially they don't have a home field advantage. I imagine they will be, tons of Broncos fans in LA for this one. Yeah. It just, there's nothing about this franchise right now that inspires confidence other than the quarterback. So yeah, give me, give me the points. This is the big one. Cowboys Eagles. The Cowboys are laying three and a half at home. I think this is a game. (laughs) Just going to surprise you based on my Cowboys takes all year that the Eagles remind the Cowboys that, Hey, we still own this division guys. You can feel good about yourselves, but we still own it. Even if they lose by a field goal. Right. There we go. So I'm taking the Eagles and the points in this one. I just don't the Cowboys in big games, man. They don't rise up and I don't yeah. trust them yet. So what do you got? I'm going to lay the points with the Cowboys. I, the, right. Their day is coming, but it's it's going to be in the postseason like it Emergency is every other appendectomy year. for uh, McCarthy. Yeah. So. But it might might help them. Yeah, it might help them. You're right. All right. Dolphins Titans. If this is on the road, I would feel less inclined to do it. It feels like a super sleepwalk type of atmosphere there. But at home, I think the Dolphins keep the good times rolling. I got them covering 13 points at home against the Titans. What do you We've do? talked about it all year. This is, They do this. They can. They have a big enough offense, a strong enough offense that they can do this. So they're going to run it up against Tennessee. They're going to get a lot of heat, you know, because it's a national game and they're getting a lot of buzz now as the best team in the AFC. And then you'll see what happens to them. Like I said, when they run up against these better teams, what do they have? Uh, they've got the Jets at home next week, but then they go Cowboys, Ravens, Bills to finish. So their, their season is the those final three games of the year because that'll determine if they can get over the hump against some of those good teams, then you can start to buy the hype. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting situation for the Dolphins, man, where they, they have like – their schedule has had very few middle ground teams. Like they, they, they're either playing the, the, the bad ones and Dom. I think they've only let us down once the, the, the I can't remember the game it Raiders. Was not too long ago. Raiders. They didn't cover it. Right. So we got to keep following that formula. And then the last one is a, another primetime New York giants game. Can't get enough of it. They host the Packers. So at least you get to see the Packers and Jordan love playing a little bit better of late. Uh, I'll take the Packers by a touchdown though. I don't, you know, the yeah, giants I agree. Are bad. Yep. All right. That solves it. We have uh, this week one, two, three, four, five, six of the games, seven, eight. Oh, boy, nine. We have nine games we pick the same. One, 
two, three, four, five. Only five that we pick different on. So it's going to stay tight in the standings, folks. That's what it is. Andrew, I appreciate your time, man. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the insights and, and all the, uh, all the good stuff that came out today. I think we just nailed a podcast. What do you think? Yeah, this is as good as it gets. Other than obviously Jordan doing an impression of a duck. So maybe next time. We can only be so lucky to get the F Flacco uh, on, on just about every podcast. I'll take it the one time we did get it. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. We will be back tomorrow. I'll drop sort of an early morning probably or or sort, sort of lunchtime. We'll see. Have to edit up quite a bit on this podcast. But we'll get with the guys from the Jags. I'll share that one for Behind Enemy Lines. And then we'll be back with uh, Brad Ward on Sunday for your game day podcast as well. So still a lot of information to figure out about this game, what it's going to look like, who's going to be involved in it. Try to cover it all for you here at the OBR. As I always say, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you guys hanging out, giving this podcast some of your time. And listen, have a fantastic Friday or Saturday whenever you're listening to this and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.